it's hot in this in this room. And no, it, it's not because, like, you know, farts or anything. There's a heat wave going on in L.A. And even though I have an A.C. on, it's still very, very hot. There's a fan blowing on me. If you hear that, I'm sorry. But look, this is a hot, hot room. And if I start sounding miserable, blame the heat, okay? Anyway, let's, let's start today's episode. Welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. It, it's a podcast about stuff, television shows and movies and shit. Anyway, hi, welcome. This is the uh, ad libby portion of the show. People seem to really want to know what they get in each episode. Well, in this episode, uh, for the free version, you get to hear me talk about Pizza Hut. Yep, that's what you're getting, Pizza Hut talk. You could probably see it below, because I... Put the articles in every in every episode. It's like a transcript. Other than this part where it's all ad-libbed, because that's kind of uh, what we do. I was checking the uh, weather. Uh, earlier, like, like yesterday, was 106. 106 over here. And I was wondering if my thermometer was broken or not, because it never is... Like, when it's triple digits, it's usually like 100... Not almost to 110 degrees. So it, it was a real wild ride, to say the least. Yep. Uh, so uh, recently, I was watching some wrestling. I was watching that clash of the, the castle over on the Peacock. And there was this great match with Sheamus and Walter. I, for, I, I think his name is now Gunther, but I, I don't... Like, Gunther's such a weird... Gunther's the character from Friends. That's not, like, a, a threatening pro wrestler name. So, so I, I the Walter and Sheamus match was really good. And uh, I will say that brought a big smile to my face. Um, I'll probably talk about more of that later. Um, <clears throat> but, man, that, that made my uh, weekend, essentially. Uh, also, the Creative Arts Emmys was Saturday, and I didn't see the results. But I heard that RuPaul won Best Host for a reality competition series, and uh, they are currently hosting Lingo on CBS soon, and Celebrity Lingo on ITV, which I haven't seen yet, but maybe it's good? Maybe? Um, <clears throat> this week was all about the discourse for Lord of the Rings and their new Amazon Prime show called Rings of Power. I saw an episode, a episode of his billion dollar show. And I will be honest, folks. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm about honesty on this show. I found it pretty boring. I found it just as boring as House of the Dragon. Like I couldn't get into it. And I'm sorry, I don't want to watch a slow burn show. I just want to go straight to some fun. It, it didn't interest me one bit, and I'm fearful that it, it's going to do the same thing for audiences, and that's going to lead to 
a huge crash in Amazon Prime, which means to your friend Jordan, no more episodes of Documental. I, I'm a little annoyed by that, but do not touch the boys. No, that's a great show. Boys is great. Diabolical's great. Invincible's great. But, oh, God, Rings of Power was just... It's not for me. I will. That's the best way to say it. It's not for me. Maybe it's for you, but I didn't really care much for Rings of Power. I watched a few documentaries over the weekend based on GameStop. I watched a few GameStop documentaries. I forget the titles, but I watched the one on, on Hulu, and I saw a uh, version on Netflix, and I... What's the best way to say I find them all cringy? Like I the story of games of GameStop and the Wall Street bets is really one was going off the like hey they the system is rigged and they gamed the system and it's great. And the other one was like these are meme lords and the meme people and they're young and these people are old and they're trying to be the new generation. It's sh shitty. And I don't think anyone who's a financial analyst knows why it's GameStop. I will give you a hint. It's because it's GameStop. Most of the people who value GameStop like GameStop. They see GameStop and they see the short sell markets and the people betting against it the same way that they see debtors do Toys R Us and they didn't want a repeat of that. So it's not necessarily a we hate stock market Occupy Wall Street because they're spending fucking money on this Wall Street shit. So it's really hypocritical. And it reads in the same way as like dude bros trying to sell me on cryptocurrency and NFTs. Like it's that same level of like toxic stank. When in reality, it's just people who are analytic people who want to take GameStop uh, away from weird people and wanted to try and game the system to get it back because to many people, GameStop is a memory of their childhood because of how they buy video games. And because you buy video games there, it's how you turn a profit. So they were even making a profit off people's nostalgia. That's all it fucking was. It's just people liking GameStop. It's not to the moon. It's not, oh, did you see CNBC and Fox Business? No, it doesn't It doesn't matter. And then you hear it with AMC. Well, why AMC? Well, because ticket prices are so high. The pandemic made pretty much nobody go to theaters, and they wanted to protect it. That's why people invested in AMC. It's it's easy things. So now what I'm seeing is people wanting to do that with like Bed Bath and Beyond. And can you do that with Chip like not Chipotle with Blockbuster Video or Netflix, like any of these like stocks? And it's just like, no, GameStop's the one. AMC is like a secondary one. And the people who are investing in GameStop are investing in GameStop. And if they're sticking to it, it's because they have an investment in GameStop and they're looking into GameStop and they're focused on GameStop. If they keep your eyes off GameStop, then it's going to be a really bad market for them. It's all economics and it's all sort of this weird sort of uh, framework that it, it, it should sound more like um, uh, the, the main message of these documentaries should have been uh, not, uh, boy, capitalism is weird. And it should be, yeah, United States capitalism is terrible. 
right? Because there's two playbooks, the rich and the not rich. And if you're rich, the government gives you favors and all sorts of good stuff. And if you're not of the rich, uh, you have to play this weird playbook and you get fucked over. And the rich people can basically do whatever they want and bankrupt any company they want and get debt relief and all sorts of handyouts. And if you're the one that needs, say, I don't know, college debt relief, well, go fuck yourself. Because that's, that's the two playbooks we're living in. And it's... The, I understand one was trying to go for, like, a socialist message and get, like, the DSA kind of slant on it. But it's fucking Wall Street. At the end of the day, you're still investing money in the stock market. It really should be about businesses could be terrible and people who run these companies could be terrible people that's it <clears throat> anyway uh i thought the both documentaries were pretty bad i mean the characters are really good and i i liked all of them it, they seem like people who really like just games and are like hey i made money off gamestop and i had like and i was like an employee there like that that's the fun stories i like uh, cause boy, I, I want to just have a whole segment about GameStop horror stories. If you worked at GameStop and have a horror story, please let me know on my Twitter account or in my discord. Yeah, it's a public podcast. Let me know. Um, <clears throat> also this is the first episode in September. So happy bisexual awareness month. I'm bisexual. I came out. On a podcast. No, I, I've, I've been I've been open about this since like a decade ago. But it, it's... I didn't even know it was Bisexual Awareness Month until there's been tweets and stuff. And it's very weird because I don't know what the hell to do. Because, again, I, I don't really feel like I, I fit in like the pride groups, if that makes sense. Like, pride, they really go out of making out and g-strings and thongs and i mean like i mean it's really cute i guess but like i'm more wearing sweatpants eating ice cream on a couch watching garfield and friends i don't i don't know what what what's about um I'm, I'm more about looking at like video game and arcade characters and some anime and go like yeah that guy's pretty cute oh she's pretty cute oh that's a pretty cute character oh that's very heckin cute yeah, the heckin' cute puppo talk. I just like Kirby. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know what the hell to do about uh, this week. I think I'm just gonna end up like just hugging a Kirby and crying because I think that that's the most bisexual thing I could think of besides going to like Taco Bell or something. Uh, also this week, uh, in the relay world of television, a She-Hulk. Uh, in this episode of She-Hulk, uh, Megan the Stallion uh, made a guest cameo appearance because, like Night Court, the court case of the day was someone being a uh, 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 catfish, thinking they're Megan the Stallion, and they weren't. And then the real Megan the Stallion shows up, and in the post-credit scene, Megan the Stallion twerks with She-Hulk, and the, then people had to chime in. Uh, yep, that's. That's where you lay on. Uh, Twerk and Megan the Stallion. Um, I I will come up with the uh, with the opinion of who cares? It's a sitcom show. It's it's a dumb like 
post-credits scene, it doesn't really mean much. It's just goofy fun. Now, in many ways, it feels like kind of like people are trying to put in that cringe moment like this is like if She-Hulk was dabbing or Opa Gangnam styling. But it's really just like, I think Disney just wants to try and be cool and making the stallions cool. So here's this cool thing to happen. It gets people talking about She-Hulk. Uh, so I guess mission accomplished, rather it, you didn't like it or not. I think the people most like bothered by this isn't so much like the typical like Disney anti like Marvel people. Um, mostly because that they mostly either move on or they just kind of go like, eh, there's something else on. It's like the weird reactionary conservative people, like the people who shouldn't be watching She-Hulk because they're being made fun of on a weekly basis on this show. But they they really have to chime in about Megan the Stallion twerking on She-Hulk. And it's weird. Like, this is the, the like, maybe I'm just, I don't know if I'm getting older or maybe I just don't give a fuck what Ben Shapiro thinks about anything. I give a shit about what my friends think. I give a shit about maybe you, the audience, what you think about things, especially if you are in my like weird circle, especially if you're my Patreon because you're, you're throwing money my way. Um, but like, who gives a fuck about like wet ass P word guy? I, I, who gives a fuck what like the nickel and dime bag guy, he's just check. He doesn't watch this shit. He just checks his chat room and agrees with people because whoever's the most angry, yeah, I guess I'll agree with you. I don't. Oh, I yeah, I heard that. Like that. That's all he does. That's all these people do. They're all fucking weirdos. Ultimately, She Hulk is just a a weird show. That's all it is. Um, if it's not good, who cares? There's like a thousand Marvel shows. It's it's all trying to be a little different. And I don't know uh, if, if what they do is like, well, as long as you like include Wong and you make sure you reference like the amulet or as long as you reference the daredevils showing up, like that's all the Marvel people do now. It's just like, as long as you make put this one jigsaw puzzle piece because we have a movie coming up. It, that's the kind of stuff we get in terms of Disney Marvel. And it's it's fine. It's harmless. But there's so many shows you can watch. You can watch reality television. You can watch YouTube videos about books. There's plenty for you to watch. Um, so I, finally, I want to talk about, uh, speaking of television, uh, this thing involving schedules. Like, I, I have to get into this weird corner of, like, frustration I guess is the nice way of, of putting it. I recently saw, I, I have to like mute, like mute so many of these people who talk about schedules on, on Twitter and Facebook and link it to me. I don't give a shit that you are bothered by Teen Nick having 24-7 of Henry Danger. Who gives a flying fuck? Literally, I don't care that you are bothered by a fact a extended cable channel of a cable channel isn't doing any effort in just putting Henry Danger on. I don't give a shit about television schedules. Who? No one fucking cares about television schedules. Kids don't follow television schedules anymore. I'm sorry that television is not the same as it was from like when you were a kid, maybe 
15, 20 years ago, and there's a change in the pattern. People have moved on. There is no afternoon like blocks of television anymore. There's no Saturday morning cartoons. And the thing is, most of the time, most of the time, the focus is on kids' entertainment because that's the thing they grew up on. It's like Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, and then like maybe they go into like well, Teen Nick or Nicktoons Network or like even like in some circles like Game Show Network, which is kind of weird because it's like not really a kids' block. It's just kind of like repeats of like win, lose, or draw. So, um, but it's mostly kids' television, and they're all deeply bothered by the fact there's like four hours of Teen Titans Go, or nine hours of ridiculousness. These are cable channels who are basically losing money. No one's watching cable television or subscribing to cable anymore. They're cutting the cord and going to subscriptions. Or if they can't afford subscriptions, they're just kind of out in the wilderness looking at YouTube videos. So they're not bending over backwards for what's on at five o'clock on a Monday morning or on on like the Paramount Network, they they just want to get through the day. And if there there's a new episode of something, they'll probably get around to it if they have cable. Otherwise, they don't really give a shit. Television is now a passive medium. It's the thing that you put on in the background. It's on the it's in the doctor's offices. It's in the dentist's room. It's at the airport. It's it's on the screen at at like at the local dive bar. It's not really like something that's must watch because most people don't care what's going on. I think GSN kind of knew that years ago and that's why a lot of those shows could be best seen on mute or in the background of shows. So when it's like ridiculousness, who cares? You're just going to be seeing video of someone falling down. Like that's mostly ridiculousness. Or if it's Teen Titans Go, you're just going to see the over-the-top animation and, and hope for the best. Or if it's like, uh, uh, what's it, Spongebob on Nickelodeon, here's Spongebob. Yes, it's bothersome because Nickelodeon has all these new shows and they have like Loud House and Casamigos and like, oh no, Casa Grande, uh, <laughs> my bad. Uh, and uh, they even had game shows like, like Double Dare and uh, figure it out and you barely got to see them on the network they like rebooted all that but you could only have watched it once on like a saturday at eight o'clock and no one really bothers to do that they kind of i think if you watched the are you afraid of the dark special that just came out you were watching on paramount plus you weren't making that your like your afternoon for instance uh because cable television is a passive medium the only people who care about this are people who grew up at a time when schedules mattered. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, time has moved on. And they're just kind of stuck in a pattern. That's all it is to these people, is just pattern recognition. And unfortunately, consumers don't give a shit. These are the kind of people who are like one step removed from being the angry YouTuber going, man, Cartoon Network isn't the same when I was a kid. Whatever happened to Adventures of Billy and Mandy and Chowder and Adventure Time? Now I'm just seeing like Uncle Grandpa and that show suck. Like that's the kind of shit I, I'm like, I, it, it comes across as. If there's a movie on the cable channel, well, yeah, because you're filling out an, a show uh, 
if with one episode, you have to pay royalty to some of these people unless the animation guild decides not to. And if it's a movie, it's only one single run and it lasts about two hours. So you're saving yourself some money. So it's really on the cheaper side of things to get movies on there instead of putting in four or five episodes of a TV show. TV is not how it was back in the 90s and 2000s where people were making hand over fist. Now it's basically survival of the fittest. And if you have a channel that has nothing on, like, say, a teen Nick having Henry Danger, uh, you who cares? Because essentially what Nickelodeon's saying is, well, we'll just leave it on there because maybe someone will watch Henry Danger because it's guaranteed stuff. Based on the analytics, we get about 40,000 views on this Henry Danger episodes. We're not going to put on all that reruns because all that reruns rain about 10,000 to 15,000. That's less viewership. We can't make any money on that. So maybe they're just not taking the gamble, which is kind of how entertainment works nowadays. It's all money and analytics and numbers. So I'm sorry uh, that uh, Henry Danger is on a channel you don't watch. Do people even watch T-Nick? Do people like, do you watch T-Nick? I don't think anybody who's bothered by Henry Danger watches Teen Nick. They're just trying to find something to get upset about that doesn't even affect them in the long run. They're not like, do they even have a cable subscription and they're spending money and they get the Teen Nick channel and this is the only channel they get? They don't care about regular ass Nickelodeon or the Nicktoons channel or uh, Nick Jr. They just care about this one teenage Nickelodeon thing. No, no, they don't give a shit. It's just something to get angry about for the sake of well it's not like it used to be that's that's all it is that's all it is and then you're there's championing cartoon network for having a cohesive schedule when they are in a, a weird like one to two hour blocks of all these shows and it's a variety of shows i mean to be fair they are trying to go through like a good history of a lot of shows from cartoon network's recent history and trying to celebrate it because it's their 30th anniversary, which makes sense. But at the same time, the same people upset about their airing movies, well, Megamind's on like a Labor Day weekend. Are you going to get upset by the fact Megamind's on there? It, it's Cartoon Network. They have a cartoon movie. This is no different than when they had the Looney, Looney, Looney Bugs Bunny movie in the 90s. Just, just uh, so, sorry about that. They have two hours of certain shows. I think they did that back in the day, too. Uh, it's not like here's a half hour of Huckleberry Hound anymore. Are people like getting upset like Quick Draw McGraw is now on Boom? There's no Quick Draw McGraw on the Boomerang. I get angry about this. No one cares. No one really cares. Because if you want something in today's entertainment climate... You could find it on the internet, whether it's on a subscription service that you have to pay for or on an illegal pirated website, which I will not endorse, but I will say is there for preservation. Uh, you can get anything you want. The only people who should really be bothered is like the lost media nerds and the lost media nerds. Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna get upset, but most of them are gonna start digging up and finding things like the Sailor Moon Saban thing. Uh, so, in conclusion with this, uh, fun rant, I don't give a shit you're bothered by TV schedules. 
kids don't fixate on the TV schedules these days. They watch YouTube videos, they watch TikTok videos. They're too busy with activities and sports and playing video games. They don't care what's on six o'clock on Cartoon Network. But maybe a 20-something-year-old does because at a certain time when they were a kid, Cartoon Network meant something to them and there was something like Toonami every afternoon or, oh, there was a new Cartoon Cartoon Friday and I miss Ed and Eddie or something. Um, but it doesn't matter. It, it does not matter. I'm trying to best explain this. It does not matter. What does matter is that cartoon people who make cartoons and animation get paid a fair share and gets a pride in ownership. And maybe just throwing this out here, if they're going to put it on HBO Max, they don't fucking delete it and there's no place to watch it. So I would rather get upset that Cartoon Network isn't playing Infinity Train right now when that is getting bleated off HBO Max. Maybe that would be the thing I would get griped about. You're putting in two hours for Total Drama, Llama, or whatever, but not Infinity Train. Maybe that's a better thing to get a knee-jerk reaction for because there's lots of shows. Is Craig of the Creek available to watch? Is OKKO available to watch? Those should be the things that the, the people who are really deeply invested in Cartoon Network should probably spend the time looking at. Because to me, that's a bigger issue. Preservation of these cartoons, not what's on at 5 o'clock or 7 o'clock or 9.30. Because I, I, even I don't get, like, get bothered by a schedule. If it's on, it's on. If not, I'm going to watch it on Hulu. It, it, it's there most of the time. So that's that's it. That's kind of how I feel about schedules. Um, so I'm basically muting any one of these like TV schedule websites. I don't care. I, I like zap to it. Like I have muted. Like I don't care. You know, like what I should care. Like, hey, uh, what day in time is like uh, the new episode of what we do in the shadows? Oh, that's it. OK, I'll, I might be there. That's it. Hey, is the rehearsal getting a season two? Yeah, cool. When? I don't know. Is I think you should leave with Tim Robinson getting a season three on Netflix yet? Don't know. But that's things I care about. And I think for many people who watch television, that's all they care about too is, well, if, if there's something they like, is there more of it? And if not, what's in my backlog to watch? Or what is there in the future to watch? It's not so much there's nothing to watch, there's too much to watch. So pick and choose, folks. That's all I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh, now it's time to talk about some pizza. You're not gonna win money. That's from the demo disc. That sorry, I'm lying. This is such a weird episode of the podcast, and I don't want this to feel like a filler segment. 
but it is something I wanted to write since episode one. In fact, I might put this in like the mainline episode. In this segment, I would love to call this, hey, remember this? It's just going to be a big nostalgia talk about Pizza Hut. Because I think it's the one place I think I can vividly say had so much weird nostalgia in my life. First, we can talk about some gaming stuff. From the PlayStation demo disc to the playing of the original Crazy Taxi with the Take Me to the Pizza Hut. And not this pathetic excuse of a port where it's, take me to the pizza place. No, no, no. Give me my branded stuff in my arcade game, damn it. Uh, speaking of arcade games, there was a time when you could sit in sight and have a pitcher of root beer and then play some arcade games. There is a local place called Lampost that was the first place I played Mortal Kombat. There was an abandoned restaurant called Hudson's Grill that was my first raid to cruise in USA and Golden Tea Golf. But Pizza Hut, that was banger after banger. I'm going to say that a lot this episode. One of my most fondly remembered days was getting one of those Pizza Hut personal pan kids meals. And because it was the 90s, it came with an X-Men cup and a VHS tape. And then to make it somewhat even more retro, there was Street Fighter 2, OutRun, and the classic Neo Geo 2-in-1 with the ever-popular League Bowling. Now, I could go into many reviews of these games, but you don't really need me to talk about how much fun Street Fighter 2 is. Maybe Outrun. I think that 16-bit sunset is just something else. Oh, what's that? There's TV, and because teens were there, they decided to put on MTV because they didn't care. You bet. That's the kind of weirdness that was a sensory overload. Bad news, I think that place closed down. Like most sit-down pizza huts, and that's why it's all carry-out these days, but what's to say you couldn't enjoy a Mr. Bill but pizza, pizza head show commercial, or maybe even a pen and teller explaining stuffed crust, or forgotten things like triple-decker pizza, or that hot dog crust that one time? I know that was recent. But the holy grail is Pizzone. No, it's not a calzone, it's a P-zone. Yes, they're both folded in half pizzas, but for some reason, calzones have always been greasy and oily and just messy. But a pizzone is chef kiss, mwah, with its just pepperoni. Nothing like picking up some pizzone and playing Sega Dreamcast or maybe PlayStation 2. It was still around that time. There's even this great found footage about Pizzone from Found Footage Festival that makes me laugh every time. It's the pizza you eat like a sandwich. And the last thing I want to talk about is Star Wars Episode One. I happen to think it's a great movie. Dual lightsabers, pod racing, even Jar Jar, a comic character that was much like C-3PO, and it only took Obi-Wan to see it was good. But my favorite thing Yum Brands did this Pog game. And it wasn't just at Pizza Hut, but KFC and Taco Bell. And to market this big crossover, an event that's still bigger than the Avengers Infinity War, you had Colonel Sanders, you had a Taco Bell Chihuahua, and the Pizza Hut delivery lady? It's exactly the kind of weird that I just gravitate towards. Want to eat a pizza with Yoda on the box? 
Of course you do. Sorry, Domino's, your retro box to shill Stranger Things ain't nothing compared to bucket toppers and sippy cups. So, in many ways, Pizza Hut is a ton of fun. But today's Pizza Hut is carry out and delivery. I mean, Wing Steer is pretty yum, and that's my Buffalo Wing journey, but it's just not as memorable to me as the past Pizza Hut. Is stuffed crust good? Yes, pasta is okay, they changed it now, but I want my Pizzone, damn it. Let me dunk my zone in the marinara with that breadstick seasoning, not this weak-ass cheddar. The last good thing they had was this very spicy pizza they had with peppers and pepperoni and spicy marinara, and now I'm hungry for that. Or maybe, or maybe... If you can dunk it in a spicy marinara, now that's a game changer. Next time, I'll probably talk about Taco Bell or something. Hey, how's it going? This is Jordan. Thank you so much for tuning in to the free version of this podcast. If you want an extended cut of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. That's me. And at the $5 tier, you get this extended episode. It's the same first half, but now there is a paywalled news portion, there's questions, and there's even more segments that I haven't even gotten to talk about in this episode, such as the exciting world of Jackbox Party Pack 3, two new game shows, Fastest Finger First, and Guy's Ultimate Game Night, and yes, a thorough review of the Cowabunga Collection. Okay, not really thorough, but it's still a pretty good review. But if you want to, just head over to patreon.com slash Jordan Haas and check it out yourself. Until next week, I will see you soon. Take care. Take care.